It's time to break the mold of what you've been taught your entire adult life. Welcome to Happily Ever Employed. A career is a business, and you should run it like a business. Every episode of Happily Ever Employed will teach you just how to focus on how to do that. We'll interview everybody. From people trying to figure it out to CEOs of Fortune 500 companies. This is Happily Ever Employed. And this is Deetra Giles. All right, people. So we are here and you all know that I, Deetra U. Giles, do not run from the tough topics. I tell each of you and everyone, we will talk about it. In the famous words of the well-spoken and prophetic artist, Bone Crusher, I never scared. So let's jump into this. Right now, we are in the middle of some political heat. And I say right now, but this is a constant for us. It's not as as prominent as it is in, let's say, November 2020. But this is always an issue. I did a whole TEDx talk about this topic of talking about politics in the workplace and how it has historically been taboo and it's considered impolite. But the reality is it's not that it's impolite, it's that we are incompetent. We don't know how to have these needed conversations in the workplace. And employeepreneurs, this is the difference between you and everyone else if you learn the skill of conversational competence. Because right now, as we're talking about conversational competence, we're talking about it from the perspective of politics. But conversational competence doesn't just reside in having these discussion about quote unquote taboo topics. Conversational competence resides in having a conversation about anything whereby we disagree and that disagreement can cause contention. So if we are discussing topics where we are vehemently on different sides of that topic, and it can cause some discord or disruption between us that can also result in a slowdown of work, a reduction in productivity, a failure to collaborate, all of those things that impact our outcomes in the office, then that is where conversational competence comes into play. But here's the kicker. Most of us have not been taught this skill. Listen, I have a full day training on my DARE model that teaches people conversational competence and how to have these difficult conversations in the midst of high emotions and tensions. And even that full day of training is not enough. Think about it. You've been this way. Let's say you're 30 years old. I know my audience. Y'all are not 30, but let's say you are. Let's say you're 30 years old. For 30 years, you have been communicating the way you've been communicating. You have been holding many of the emotions that you've been holding, and you've never been taught this. So now someone comes in and says, hey, here's a model to help you do that. 
we're trying to undo 30 years of learned behavior. That doesn't happen in a one day class. Think about it in terms of working out. If you have eaten unhealthy and you have not exercised for 30 years and now you're overweight, going to the gym one day and eating a salad does not change a thing. It has to be a process. And so employeepreneurs, you, I want you starting this process. Why? Because it is a game changer. So let's jump into this. Let's jump into how we have these conversations at work. Because you can say, Deetra, we should not be talking about this at work. Okay, well, what are you going to do when the conversation comes up? What are you going to do when you're face to face with an opportunity, I will say, an opportunity to have this discussion? What are you going to do? We can talk about what should or should not happen all day long, but where I live is in reality. And the reality is these conversations are going to come up and your ability or inability to properly navigate them will, will be, listen to me, not might be, not possibly, but will be critical to your career outcomes. So I'm going to go through five tips for you. Tip number one, do not engage in these conversations when your brain is disengaged. What do I mean by that? So when you are angry, you literally are not thinking straight. Because where the thinking and reasoning part of your brain, where that happens, the blood is redirected to another area of your brain, which is the more primal area of your brain that is more focused on instinct, right? So have you ever been in a heated conversation and you were upset, you were mad, you were fuming mad, you had smoke coming out your ears and it took you everything you had in you to restrain yourself and not become verbally or physically abusive in that moment. And I promise you, you walked away from that moment and a little bit later, probably 30 minutes to an hour, sometimes two hours later, all the clever responses you should have said started to come back to you. And now you were mad all over again because you were saying, darn it, I should have said, I wish I'd said, oh, that would have been a good thing to say. Do you know why those things came to you 30 minutes to an hour later? Because the thinking part of your brain had re-engaged. When we're angry, we're not thinking straight. We're thinking with our, with our primal. I won't go into the whole brain science of it, but you can look it up. But we're not thinking with the area of our brain that does rational reasoning, that thinking problem-solving process. And so we aren't able to come up with those clever responses because those clever responses reside in an area of our brain that gets disengaged when we're angry. And so if you recognize walking into this, I am already starting to feel heated. I am already getting angry. My temper is already starting to flare. 
that is an indication to you that now is not the time to engage in this conversation because it's not going to yield the best outcome for you. Your clever responses, the place where you go to pull up data and rationalize and communicate that data in a way that's strong for your argument is not going to happen well when you are disengaging the part of your brain that is masterful at doing that. So tip number one, do not engage when your brain is disengaged. Number one. Now, what do you do? Dietrich, you said have these conversations. It is completely okay for you to say, you know, now is not a good time. I would love to have this conversation with you. Can we do it a little bit later? One o'clock is one o'clock good for you, right? Get That way you can use the mechanisms that you have in place to calm yourself down. And if you do not have mechanisms that you use to calm yourself down, stop this podcast right now and go and find you some. As adults, as employeepreneurs, we all should have mechanisms that we use to calm ourselves. That's another topic for another day. Number two. Listen to me, know your facts and stick to the facts. I engaged with someone uh, recently and this person, literally their brain disengaged. They got so angry with me because in their mind, and they said it out loud, that I was trying to make them look stupid. And my response, which is probably what triggered their extreme anger, just because you feel stupid doesn't mean I tried to make you look stupid. <laughs> Got <it. laughs> And while that probably sounds like a snide remark, it came from a very sincere place for me. I was not trying to be snide or sarcastic. I was making a factual statement. And that statement was because I was giving facts that made this person look less intelligent. Not that they were stupid, but because they were stating things that weren't factual and I was able to rebut their statements with facts, it made them look ignorant. It made them look uninformed. It made them look like they didn't know what they were talking about. And listen, anytime someone makes you look ignorant, in front of other people, I don't care if you are dead wrong. I don't care if you are 100% out of line with reality and truth. You are going to get angry because no one wants to look stupid in front of a crowd. When you step into an argument and you don't have facts and you don't stick to the facts, you are setting yourself up to look stupid. Here's the deal, employeepreneurs. We have a brand and our brand is not stupidity. When you get into the workplace and you have these conversations and they aren't fact-based, the perception is you don't deal in facts. Even though right now we're not talking about work now, we're talking about politics has nothing, quote unquote, nothing to do with work. That's not true, but again, a conversation for another day. But this topic is not about work. How does this impact how people perceive me? How people perceive you often has nothing to do with work. So you walk in dressed a certain way. There's a perception. 
that has nothing to do with work. You drive a certain car, there's a perception that has nothing to do with work. So people are creating perceptions about you all the time based on things that are not work related. And you must be prepared for that. Number three, admit what you don't know and commit to learn. There is nothing more dismaying. There is nothing more disappointing. There is nothing that will make me lose respect for a person more than someone who will die on their sword when they know they're wrong or who will lie to cover up their lack of knowledge. That demonstrates a lack of integrity. Here's the deal. If you don't know, before you go down the argument and take us back to step number two, someone makes you look stupid, just say, oh, I don't I don't know that. Someone was asking me about uh, voting in a particular state, and I said, oh, I don't know how that's handled in that state. I can't speak to that because they were talking about someone doing something illegal or unethical or doing something nefarious. And they said, well, what about this in that state? What about that? And I simply said, I, I don't know. I don't know much about that state. I haven't researched how that particular thing happened. I hadn't even heard that. I have to do some more research or, or I have to look into it to speak intelligently to it. But right now, I don't know. I'll, I'll go out and look into it. But at this very moment, I don't have enough information to hold an intelligent conversation about that particular thing. Now, that person continued to argue, but I was done. Right. And everyone around them, someone actually finally said to them, dude, let it go. She says she has to look into it. Give her a minute to look into it. Right. So if you don't know, say you don't know. Number four, here is probably one of the biggest, most powerful tools in conversational competence. And I want you to sit with this. Avoid the need to convert. What? Let me break this down. What do I mean by that? You cannot and will not change anyone's mind. The changing of the mind is a process. It is a planting of seeds, an experience of actions. It is not a one and done situation. You are not going to sit down with someone who has been believing and thinking a certain way for an extended period of time, have one conversation, yell at the top of your voice, call them ignorant, racist, jerks, misogynists, all these things, homophobic, transphobic, and think you're going to walk away with that person having been converted. It's not going to happen. Number one, conversions never happen from you disrespecting me and downgrading me and dismissing me. If you call me stupid, your ability to teach me anything and convert me to any idea or way of thinking is cut off. I, I have now gone from learning mode to defense mode. And if I'm in defense, I am not able to learn or transform. So let's be clear about that. 
The second part is when you're trying to convert someone, you are stepping closer and closer into anger. Because the more you step into the reality that you cannot convert them, the angrier you will become. And that's where that brain disengages because now it's a personal offense that they don't believe what you believe or don't think how you think or are dismissing your views and ideals. Now you're getting angry because you should know that this is right. You are an idiot because you don't believe what I believe. If you can have a conversation without the goal of a conversion, you are mastering conversational competence. This is people laugh at me and say, Deetra, how can you sit down with someone that has a completely different political ideal than you do and have a productive conversation? This number four is how I do not sit down with the idea or hope of converting people. Now, has it happened before? Yes. Has it happened quite frequently? Yes. And here's the deal. I'll tell you one better. Most often, it doesn't happen on the spot. Most often when a conversion happens, someone comes back to me and says, after our conversation, I thought about what you said. Or after our discussion, I looked up what you talked about. And thank you for being calm and speaking to me like I was intelligent, even though we disagreed. So if you truly want to have a conversion, accept that it may not happen in that moment. And two, it may, it, it may be you planting a seed and someone else doing it. But don't go in there with the goal of conversion. Go in there with the goal of having a conversation. And I often start these conversations with that. Wait a minute. Especially when people start getting heated and tempers start flaring. I bring them back. I'm sorry. Are we actually here to have a conversation or are we just trying to argue? Because I love conversation and I even love healthy debate. But what I will not do is get into a heated argument with you, whether I'm at work or not. Right. So four, avoid the need to convert. If you are stepping into the conversation for a conversion, back away, step back and step out. And number five, this is another heavy hitter. Walk away with your dignity. When I tell people, people push back on me about having these conversations. Dietra, you shouldn't because people can't engage. They don't know how to do it. Number one, if they don't know how, you should be teaching them. It's a skill that we know leads to productivity. This is not a surprise. It's not a secret. We know that this level of conversational competence leads to better performing teams. So the fact that organizations will sit back and be comfortable with their employees and competence in this critical area baffles me. But that's beside the point. When I tell you to have these conversations, I'm not in this utopian um, rainbows and unicorns and leprechauns with buckets of gold at the end of the rainbow world. I'm in the real world where I know that these conversations might not always go right and well. That's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying these conversations will always go right and well. What I'm saying is let's give people the tools to have them. And one of those tools is number five, knowing when to walk away, walk away with your dignity. When you realize 
that you are not equally matched in this conversation. And what I mean by equally matched is not I'm I'm professor level and they are freshman level. That's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is equally matched in intent and temperament. So this person is is ready to engage in a professional, productive and civil manner. When that changes, when you're not equally matched, when you're still being civil and you see a shift in their civility and it goes in the wrong direction, you need to walk away with your dignity. Don't allow them to bring you into their dysfunction. If they start yelling and screaming and calling names, then it's, you know what? I have enjoyed this conversation to this point, but I am not going to engage in this level of disrespect with another person. And so I'm removing myself from this conversation. And leave, walk away with your dignity. When when you're not matched in civility and they start spouting out unfactual things, hey, I would love to have this conversation on a factual basis, but I'm not going to entertain this level of behavior. We can have the conversation later when you when you're a little more calm. Walk away. But part of being able, part of conversational competence is knowing when to end the conversation. And here's the deal. That's only five. And I've gone way over my normal time for our episodes. But this is so important right now. It's so important that you have these resources because this is going to be in your face for a while in the coming days and months, but definitely over your lifetime, because while politics may not be as contentious as the November 2020 situation, it's always going to be an ever-present. There's always going to be some disagreement, and we're always going to need to be able to have these conversations in a civil, professional, and productive way in the workforce. And here's the deal, employeepreneurs. The way you navigate this says a lot about your ability to lead a team. Because can you lead a team where there are differing ideals, differing perspectives, and differing views? Because that is real leadership. And that is what every episode of Happily Ever Employed is preparing you I appreciate you for listening to Happily Ever Employed. Don't just change your life, change your friend's life and make sure to share this podcast. You can find me at Deetra Giles on Facebook or D-U-G-I-L-E-S on Instagram and Twitter. If you want to email me, you can reach me at D-U-G-I-L-E-S at execuprep.com. That's E-X-E-C-U. P-R-E-P dot com. And remember, I love you with my whole heart area. So go out, be great, unapologetically and on purpose.